Welcome to Burn It All Down, the sports podcast you need. Hey, flamethrowers, Amir here. I am so, so excited for the conversation I'm about to have um, because I called up two of my favorite people in the world, uh, Ellie Jean and Sam Coffey, to wrap up this NWSL season. We are recording it before playoffs start, but the regular season is over. And I wanted to check in on them about their first year in the NWSL And it has been a wild year. What a year to come into this league. We've had historic CBAs in women's soccer that has changed from the federation level to the NWSL. Of course, the Yates report just dropped. There's a lot of things happening, um, and it is a wild time to start your career in this league. So I wanted to welcome them. We'll welcome Ellie back to the show and welcome Sam to the show so we could talk about, you know, being a professional soccer player because I remember when they were just not. (laughs) They were so adorable. And now they're grown. You're all, you were adorable amateurs. And now you're like super grown. And part of the reason why I'm super excited about this, and I, you know, everybody who listens to this show knows how much um, I love you guys and how much I am a fan of y'all and always have been. Um, but it's it's been so exciting to watch your individual journeys and really sweet this year to watch them crisscross, even though you managed to avoid playing each other all year, which is something that <laughs> I feel way about so anyways welcome to burn it all down thank you i'm so excited to be here thank you i am too i can't wait to chat with you guys it's such a weird like not full circle but like reunion yeah (laughs) it is because it's just so funny i don't know because sam we like haven't caught up in a second we're kind of texting on and off all the time but we haven't talked like face to face in so long yeah well and I just hadn't seen you in like years up until uh got like when we came to to New Jersey like that was the first time I'd seen you I think in In like two years I think because you were abroad being a professional yeah yeah and then I was still at Penn State so I know it really is weird like years work funny because you know in my head I see you all together and then like Ellie graduated and like, well, then also there was a whole pandemic, but like you just, the transition between college and playing professionally just is so swift. And like, maybe we'll start there. So Ellie, you left and you went overseas. And so you were playing professionally, you played for PSV, you had a wonderful experience at times and also learned a lot of lessons. Um, and and so you're coming into the NWSL um, as a player who's played professionally before, but getting to come home, getting to play for Gotham, how has it been to transition back to the States um, and to be in this chapter of your journey? Yeah, I mean, it's been so much fun. I think this year like had a ton of ups and downs, obviously, but I was super excited to come back to the league and just to be back home. Gotham was the closest that I can be to Connecticut and now my parents are in Rhode Island. So the closest I can be to them in Rhode Island. And it was just so nice to be back in a familiar place. Um, And even going into Gotham, like I didn't know how the girls were going to treat me because I wasn't a rookie but it was still like my rookie season and so I was like god where am I gonna fit in kind of because I'm not a new professional but I'm new to the league and Mm -hmm. I just didn't really know how I was gonna be received but like the girls were outstanding like so 
welcoming and so encouraging, um, which I'm really grateful for. And I was actually surprised about, I don't know why, Mm. but I don't know. You just always think it's like such like a cutthroat, I don't know, harsh Mm. culture. And it's, there is that aspect of it, but then there's also like the aspect where it's like, you make your best friends in this league and you like make long life friends when you're playing with people. So that was awesome to feel because I didn't get that vibe overseas as much. Like it was like the culture is just so different. So like coming Mm -hmm. back to Gotham and like the encouragement on the field, like I had missed that so much because it's just not a thing. Yeah. And you had to learn so much because you were learning how to be a professional and you didn't speak the language and you were in a completely new country. Like there's a lot. And during COVID. And oh, COVID. There's so many layers to it. Um, But yeah, like I think I'm really happy that I went overseas and then came back because I just think there were so many lessons that I learned about myself throughout that time that like I can now apply here in this league where I don't think I would have learned or maybe I would have learned them but just in a different way if I had just come straight to the NWSL but yeah and then also like I have such good friends that I made in the Netherlands like I actually just booked a ticket this morning to go to the Netherlands in November to see oh I love that yeah so I'm so excited to see them and we've kept in touch. So that's really exciting for me. And now I have friends all over the world. Uh, Like one of my good friends, Amy Harrison, she's back in Australia playing. So if I ever want to go to Australia and see her, like that's an option. So I don't know. I just think those things that like transcend beyond like the soccer field and just the game of soccer are also so like important and something that I really value out of playing. Absolutely. And Sam, you're, you didn't have the most smooth transition either because of this like pandemic. So you were drafted and then you had the weird spring season and then chose to delay entering. (laughs) It was fake. It was was like a fever dream. Like I'm not sure it happened. I just remember the, I, I talk on the show all the time about the peacock. Whose peacock was it? Jordan. Jordan. Oh, oh, her bird. Her bird. Ellie, you don't understand. So like there's, it was locked down. Nobody could come to their games, but I could come to their games because I'm special. And so (laughs) I told you because it's, it's the most ridiculous thing. And so all I remember (laughs) about that spring season is like being in these stands with With the bird, with the parrot. And the bird is on a leash. It's a parrot. And the parrot's on a leash. I actually, I literally remember like in the spring I had, I was like in class or something on zoom and she comes up into my room and is holding this leash. And I'm like, and I look down and there's literally a parrot at the end of it. And I'm like, what is this? I have a picture of it. I think about this all the time. So when I think about that wild spring season, it's like, that is the mascot. That's what comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, That is the mascot. Yeah. you had. That's actually a great depiction. Right. Thank you. And then you chose to delay you know, and to have a fall season. Um, And then you like hit the ground running, Miss. I'm nominated to be rookie of the year. How has it been? It's, I mean, hello, you're doing it. So how has it been to, to be a rookie proper? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm having lots of fun, but I, I could never have imagined it going this way. I guess that year, like leading up, into leaving Penn State and the draft, like you talked about, Amira, and the spring season and the fall season, like it was just craziness and just so wild. And like, I never knew what was going to happen the next day. Um, 
but again, now that I'm here and I'm in this position and now that we're kind of nearing the end, like I think about that year retrospectively and I'm like, it actually just really set me up in such a unique and cool way. Like I almost had a year long season in college, which like never happens because we played in the spring. We had a couple months and then we played again. And so like, that was so reflective of kind of how the pro game um, goes. And it was, it was absolutely wild. Like there were days where, you know, I didn't know what was happening or what was going to happen next, obviously like making the decision whether or not to stay at Penn state or to go pro. Like I didn't even know I was going to be a part of the, of the draft till like four or five days before literally coach was like, Hey, just a heads up. You might be called. You might not. I don't really know what's happening. They don't have enough names in the draft. So like any college senior is eligible. I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, I didn't put my name in. She's like, yeah, doesn't matter. Like you're eligible. I was like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. I'll be watching, I guess. And yeah, sure enough, Portland called my name and then it was kind of like, okay, like, what does this information mean? And how do I go from here? Cause I know, I knew I wanted a final season at Penn state because our, our senior season got canceled because of COVID and everything got disrupted as, as the world did in general, I think through so many conversations and the support of like all those around me, I think staying that, that fifth, technically fifth year and, and final fall season at Penn state was just the best possible decision to set me up for success in the league. And yeah, I just love Portland. I love uh, the team. I love our staff. Um, you know, obviously the past few weeks have been quite chaotic, but it is a place that I really, I love coming into every day and I feel supported and loved here. And I've, I've obviously like, I just feel like I'm being developed every day and poured into. And I think that's, um, that's such a gift. And, um, you know, I feel grateful to be in an environment where I'm around some of the best in the world every single day, both from a coaching and player perspective. Like it's so unique. And sometimes I like, well, just look around me and I'm like, like these people are really your teammates. Like, I think if you told yourself this even a year ago, like I'd be like, what? Like I'm in the locker room with Becky and Crystal and Sinky. Like it's wild. Like they're my friends. (laughs) I love them and they're amazing. And they've just all like, kind of like you said, Elle, I was like, how's it going to be? You hear such crazy stories about the pros. And like, I feel like even, I don't know, like in college too, you just hear like, oh, it's not the same as college. They're not going to like, like love you as much. Like it's a business, all this stuff. And like, yeah, those things are true. It is a business. But I think my experience too has been similar to, to Ellie's where I've just been kind of welcomed with open arms and, and supported and encouraged by the people around me. And that is such a gift and gives me such confidence and makes me feel so blessed to be here. That's wonderful. And I mean, Ellie's talked about this, like playing with Allie, you know, the, it, it's surreal in many ways. I mean, I, I had both of you in class when we would be analyzing the people you're playing with now and that's wild right um how has your soccer how has your game actually shifted um Sam you're playing in I I remember the struggle of when injury at in college forced you to play you know back more and now it's like you're not playing where you thought you would always play Ellie Sam like how have like thinking about your transition into the league how has your game changed Yeah, I think that, I mean, even overseas, like I just, you almost just have to like put yourself in these positions and like from there, like you adjust and you grow and you learn. Like, I think even that, like 
has been so helpful. And then, yeah, coming back to this league and like having Ashlyn like screaming in my ear every day, like that's certainly helped me figure out like the standards of this league and what's expected of me. Um, but I think again, it just comes down to like, I'm literally just watching the players that I've been looking up to for the past 10 years. Like I'm watching everything that Allie's doing in training. How is she approaching? Like, how does she approach training? What is she like in training? Is she like, even just little things like that, I think are so important and something that I really want to try to emulate and, and pick up as much as I can. I mean, even McCall, Christy, um, Midge, like all of them kind of just looking and seeing like, what are they doing in training? How, like, what, how, how do they carry themselves? How do they carry themselves in the locker room? Like that type of stuff I think has been really cool to be able to see like up close and firsthand. Um, and then, yeah, from like the game perspective, it's just so fast and athletic and physical here, which it wasn't in the Netherlands. So like coming back mm. here, I knew that like, that was something that I was also good at. Whereas in the Netherlands, it was really tactical, technical. Um, so then coming back here and having it be like as fast as it is and like as athletic as it is was still an adjustment, even though like that's one of my strengths. Um, so I think that just like goes to show the next level that it's at, like regarding college and professionally, like I don't know. Originally I was like, Oh, well maybe it isn't a big jump. And then like you come into it and you're like, okay, it's still, a, it's still a pretty big jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I echo, you know, what, what you said, Elle. And I, I do think like from the day I got here, I think I had such an overwhelming sense of like how well we were prepared at Penn state and yeah, just like, I don't know. I literally have like a vivid memory of being out there. Like on one of my first days, I'm like, they prepared me for this, for this yeah. shit. Like <laughs> they prepared me for this shit. And that's mentally, that's technically, tactically, like, just like you said, a like mindset approach to training, um, how, what the things you say, like the life you speak into the day to other people, like, are you showing up and complaining and like sucking the energy out of the room? Or are you like, let's get after it. Let's have a great day, whatever. And it's a long year and it's hard to do that every day. But like, I think I've just felt overwhelmed by how, uh, how well we were prepared by our staff and and just by the people and and team and program at Penn state. But yeah, like you said, Amira, obviously like I've come into a new position and it's one that I was (laughs) a little bit cranky about sometimes in college. I didn't want to play the six. I was like, I'm a 10, let me go up and create. And I want to pass and score goals and all this stuff. We were just riddled with injuries that year. Um, duty called and I, yeah, I had to hold a little bit more. I remember uh, Ann Cook would, <laughs> before every game, we would like have a meeting and whatever, we'd watch film and whatnot. And she would kind of give me like a decimal for how high I could go up that game. So like, <laughs> if it was like a really transitional team or something, yeah. she'd be like, you're a true six today. But if it was like kind of a team where they sat low or like, we could really get them on transition. She's like, you're a 6.8 or like a 7.2. And so like, I would have a decimal for every game. And I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, the days that's like a 7.5, like it was a great day, you know? Right. But yeah, at first I was like, okay, like, let's see how this goes. And I don't know if it's just the difference in level in the professional game or me really just coming into myself as a player, but I've never felt like a role has kind of suited my strengths more than playing this Mm. one does. Mm -hmm. I think both like from just like from a standpoint of like using my voice and communication and leadership and 
um, technical ability, like passing range. Like I just, I find such, I don't know. I feel like I found a really cool rhythm playing this role. And it's one where I can kind of like quarterback and really set the tempo and help the team find a rhythm and slow things down when they get chaotic or speed them up when it's time to transition. And I, I just, I love it. Like I, I love it. And I, I think it's cool because it is one that I was like, this is not for me. Um, and then coming into, to the difference of play and the pros and I'm like, wait, this actually kind of suits you perfectly. Like, of course I miss, you know, going up and doing the playmaking things, which I can still do from a different spot on the field and from a different role. But, you know, that, that, that point kind of goes to what I said earlier about like that year preparing me so well, like I had to play that six role in the spring and I think maybe a little bit in the fall too. I can't remember exactly, but I think like, that's another example of that year preparing me so well for what would come. And I just had no idea. Um, because they were a good, like several weeks, maybe even a couple months where I was, I was playing there and, um, it definitely looked different, but I think, you know, it is cool to walk into this new role and I'm still learning about it. And, um, you know, some of my communication, like with Rian, our coach here has been just like, like, I want you to get a doctorate in the six. Like, I want you to, to be a, like, I want you to master this. And I love that language. Like I want to master it. And I know that there's still so much I still have to learn and I'm learning every day. Um, and not all of it's not all of it's there yet, but I think just like developing in it and, and trying to get that doctorate every day has been a really fun experience. And it's such an interesting position to be in. And actually really both of you to be in your first year in the league, but then also in positions that require you to be leaders on the pitch. Um, And I said to both of you in the games that I saw you playing in, it was so great to see how communicative you were and how vocal you were and how much you step into that. And obviously one of the weird transitions is you both were very much doing that work in college and you were both, you know, had captaincies and you were there. And then you're like, moving into a new professional chapter in which you know you're learning things, but at the same time on the pitch have to be those leaders and those emerging leaders. What have you learned about leadership? I think, I feel like, again, Sam, I think you made a really good point about how well like Penn State did and like that program that Erica runs prepares us like for pros and wanting to continue on this journey because like, I even remember, like, I know you didn't love playing the six and like coach moved me to left back. And I was like, I can't stand this. Like, I'm not as good with my left as I am with my right. And like, for the first year that I was on the left, I was like, this is bull crud. Like, da, 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 da. I don't know. I remember. I remember. Yeah. But then it's like, almost like the silver linings of like, yeah, she like made these challenges for us or put these challenges like in our way. And then now I can play on both sides. And like, I just Mm -hmm. think that's like something that's so important, especially in this league now and like professionally in general, but now like what you're mastering the six, like you can play anywhere in the middle now. So I don't know. It's just so funny Mm -hmm. how like initially, like you can't see how these things like are going to be so helpful. And then like they're helpful. And Mm -hmm. it just goes back to like coach, like, she can be like, see, I told you so. She's going to be very happy to hear this. <laughs> they have so many I told you so's. Like, it's actually embarrassing. Like, I can't even look them in the eye. They're like, <laughs> well, I told you. I told you. I'm like, yeah. I know you're always right. Like, okay. <laughs> and then I feel like even having Kara, like, as our, like, leadership and, like, more of, like, our empowerment and, um, like, team 
liaison of how we're culture type person. I think like that has just been so helpful for me in this league so far. And just like all of those lessons and all the things that we talked about in that aspect, I think, especially because my role in this league has been different than any other role I had at Penn State. So I'm not initially a starting player at the moment. I'm not getting that full 90 that I'm super used to. And now I'm kind of relying on a lot of those skills that I learned with Kara and at Penn State again, regarding Mm -hmm. like, okay, how can I best help the team, even though it's not a role that I'm used to being in? How can I best, you know, be at my best and do all the things that I want to do well, while like embracing and like still being a good teammate and X, Y, and Z. I, I think those are just like, such great life skills that we learned and that like I've been able to carry into this league um because you can still be a leader if you're not playing 90 minutes and of course you're a leader if you are playing a ton um and you're that kind of influence but yeah I found a way within this past year to like come off the bench and be super influential and make Mm -hmm. a statement on the game and try to focus on myself as much as possible and not either who's starting in front of me or I don't know, trying to like really be a team player and like really try to embrace that role. And I think in that way, that is a leader as well, as much as Mm -hmm. the captain McCall or Allie or Ashlyn. So yeah, I think that there are so many different types of leaders, but I just think like throughout, especially Penn state and having Kara and like learning all of those types of leaders and that like they come in so many different like shapes and forms has helped a lot and definitely has helped me like embrace this first year in the league. Mm. Should send this to Ronaldo. (laughs) Lessons. Yeah. He needs, you needed to hear that. No, I, I echo that like completely. And that's actually like pretty much exactly what I was going to say. Obviously like the way that we were poured into as leaders at Penn state and that development, was so formative. And I think I can speak for the both of us when I say like, I carry that every day. I know you carry that every day. I think for me, like being in a role where the six, like you are, you're right in the middle. You got to tell people where they got to be and you got to be vocal and you got to be confident and you have to trust yourself and not shy down from that challenge. And I think that was something at first where I'm like, Oh, like I'm just a rookie, like, and I have Christine Sinclair in front of me and Becky behind me. And like, I'm going to tell them what to do. Like, no, 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 that is not the way it's going to go. But, you know, I think they, from the minute I got there, like just infused this belief in me. And also I was just continually reminded that like, like you said, Elle, like it didn't matter how long I had been there. Like, do I still have so much to learn? Yeah. Like I'm not walking around like arrogant or like, I know that I'm right. All this stuff, but like, I owe it. Yeah, I know. I owe it to this team and I owe it to myself and I owe it to our club ultimately, like to bring my full self and to be the best leader I can be no matter how long I've been there. And like you said, I think that can look so different. Like, I don't think you can, you don't have to like be quiet on the field or, or on the bench or wherever, or feel like you are defined by how long you've been at a certain place in order to start having influence. I think leadership at the end of the day is just like your influence on others. And I think I sell myself short and I think I sell my teammates short if I don't show up every day in my full and authentic self and, and in my voice and in what I bring and I know what I bring. And so why would I not give that to the people around me? I think that actually like is kind of wrong to not 
bring your full self to the people around you. And so I think just like reminding yourself that like, yeah, the amount of time you've been in a place doesn't constitute like the level at which you can have influence. You know, I think, um, again, I do think you, you owe it to whatever environment, whatever group, like whatever setting you're in to bring all of you. Um, and if people have an issue with that, like that's tough. Like that's not the best environment you should be in. And thankfully, like, I think I can speak for both of us too. Well, like in my, my time here with the thorns, like they get on me if I don't tell them what to do or like, if I, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, like (laughs) you believing in me in that way. And you, you encouraging me in that way is so helpful and so formative for me too. So I just feel so thankful to have these veteran players that are like, like, yeah, I know you're young. I know you just got here, whatever, but like, tell us, tell us how it's, what to do. Tell, tell them you, you're out of position, like tell them how it is. And I think that openness and that clarity, um, and just that fearlessness of just, just doing it and doing what the team needs you to do. And that can look like so many different things. Again, like you said, Ellie, I think you can have such tremendous influence if you're a practice player, if you, if you don't play every game, if you are, um, suffered an injury, like we all have influence and we're all leaders in our own way. And, and I think we ultimately owe it to the people that we're around every day and to our clubs. And again, whatever setting you're in to, to show up and bring that every day. Absolutely. So one of the things that's different from college, um, at least specifically for you, is like you're not the only Black player on the team anymore. And you've been doing work with the Black Women's Player Collective. What has it been like to have so much more diversity? And we all know it's not where it needs to be. We know one of the things that is well documented most recently in the Yates report is that there's been systemic ways that diversity has been quelled and quashed in the NWSL. Um, and so organizations like the Black Women's Players Collective have been working on this specifically. There's ongoing conversations, of course. Um, and you have been, you know, right there in the mix <laughs> this season. Um, and it has been, it's it's very different from your collegiate experience. How has that been for you? Um, mm. I mean, like, look at these braids. I would <laughs> never, like... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't like I would never no. have thought about doing grades before. Like they, it never even like crossed my mind. And then, I don't think our Penn State team like recognized that like you were black until your final season. Right. I don't know. Like, they were like, oh, what? I don't think <laughs> I did either. But like that's the I love this for you. Like, my like journey and like trying to accept and embrace all of me has like is obviously ongoing but like Mm -hmm. I think being at Gotham it was just so helpful like having so many black girls around me and like I just haven't had that and it was even to the point where I was like uncomfortable because I'm so used to being around white people like I was just Mm. it was almost like wow I feel uncomfortable because I'm usually the only black person and now I'm not the only black person. And now I don't know like how I fit in. Cause usually I'm the token. Like usually I'm the only one. And then now there's like so many. So it was like, there's so many layers to that, but the girls have been mm. like so amazing. And it's so funny because like, I always used to hear, or obviously like used to, like you can see um, on television, stuff like that, like you gravitate towards those that look like you. And now at the club, like 
I find myself gravitating towards them. Like, I don't know, not in a bad way, but like if we're out and we're warming up and I'm like, oh, who am I going to talk to? Like before warm up, I like gravitate towards the black girls. Whereas before, like I wouldn't have thought that about myself just because I've identified like as so white. So like, I don't know, that's just been like so fun to like explore and be like, oh my God, like I'm one of you guys, like so (laughs) nice. And yeah, they've been so helpful and and encouraging. I mean, they're like, you have to get braids. Like how good would you look with braids? And I'm like, wow, I've never thought about that before. And like, am I even black enough? Like, I remember saying that to like, I think we were eating dinner and I was like, I've never even thought about that because I don't feel black enough. Like, I don't feel like I can like pull them off. And I remember, I remember Midge specifically pulling me aside at some point and she was like, everybody on this team thinks you're black. Like (laughs) you are black. Like, I don't think of you as another way. Like you are a black individual. You can embrace that however you want. So like, that was really encouraging. So I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll try it. And yeah, I don't know. I just think like, we have so much to talk about, like the things that we end up talking about or like making jokes about, like there, it's just so relatable for us. So that's mm-hmm. been really nice to like have people that I can now all of a sudden relate to and like topics that we can all discuss. Whereas I'm not the only person like in the room being like, okay, well, this is how, this is how I see things from my perspective. Like, it's just been so nice. And, um, And yeah, and now like I I can finally say that I have like black friends, which is so Mm -hmm. weird as well because I haven't been able to say that just because like the rooms that I've been in, like I mainly just have white friends and now it's like, oh my God, I'm hanging out with like Efi and Taylor and Mandy and like they're my black friend. Like it's just so nice. Um, And yeah, it's super, it's allowing me to like continue to, embrace who I am and accept who I am and continue to figure out like how I'm like feel best and most comfortable in my skin and how I can continue to like embrace all of me but yeah it's just so funny and I'm so thankful that like I got the opportunity to play I got them and you know with such diversity and it's just been so helpful like for me on my personal journey yeah and you just finished um Latinx History Month, Heritage Month. Oh, yep. And I'm Latina as well. Yep. I forgot about that one. As <laughs> yeah. do. I love it. I yeah. love well, it. I know. Well, then, because they you are. I am. Like, I know, but like, I forget. <laughs> and like, not that I forget, but like, I'm Latina and I'm black. And I'm like, there's the things so Pennsylvania will do to a woman. Yeah. Right? The things right? Pennsylvania will do. Yeah. yeah. We call it Pennsylvania specifically. No, but like, yeah. Cause then they're like, <laughs> oh, we want to like interview you for like Hispanic Heritage Month. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I know I'm Dominican, but like I don't speak the language. I really don't know a ton about my culture. Like me and my dad, like our relationship is has been great. And like, we've been building a lot over the years but like it hasn't always been like that so like I was so nervous going into the interview because I was like I'm like not Hispanic like I don't feel Hispanic I might be Hispanic but like I don't necessarily feel it at the moment because I was like what are they gonna Mm. ask me are they gonna ask me like and then they're asking like oh what kind of traditions do you do or like what's your culture like what type of role models did you look up to and I was like nobody I have none like but I also think that then 
like then I was realizing realizing I was like okay it's just that important that like I can be like oh like I don't really know and I'm now trying to figure out this new identity um because I can't imagine how many other people are probably Mm -hmm. feeling the same way too and it's like Mm -hmm. just because maybe I don't feel that way doesn't mean I'm not that and can't embrace however Mm -hmm. like where I'm at the moment as that and um yeah, it was, it's just been like such an interesting journey. And then, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, like I am Hispanic. And like, just because I don't speak Spanish doesn't mean I'm not Hispanic or like can't embrace that I'm Hispanic. Well, and also as the spotlight and visibility on you grows in the game, that means something, right? And so like shout out to Shea Butter Podcast and Diaspora Pod. They are doing great work documenting the game. Um, uh, Shea Butter Podcast highlights Black women in, in global football. And like even from the minute it was announced that you signed to Gotham, like they've been riding for you. You know what I mean? So it's like, even though you're figuring out that affirmation, you're on that continual journey, your presence is immediately read in the affirming way for, you know, so that the next person on the sidelines trying to get into the game has those mirrors to say like, oh, I can be like Ellie Jean. And that's important. Yeah, I mean, it's just more embracing and, like, accepting more parts of myself that I haven't always before. But, like, yeah, again, then people are like, oh, like, another Hispanic player. And then it's like, oh, like, right, because I don't really identify that way, but I am. So I just think it's just been, like, such an interesting journey, but also one that, like, I want to take and I want to be on. So that's also helpful. And it's challenged me in a really great way to more embrace that part of me and myself and yeah like I find myself talking to my dad a lot more and I'm talking to my brother a lot more and now all of a sudden we're trying to figure out like a trip to the Dominican and it's like I don't know we would never really be thinking about the like I wouldn't have thought that I would be kind of in this space like five five years ago so yeah it's great Sam does the does the league feel more diverse to you than college oh yeah yeah, I, I mean, Big Ten soccer is not exactly Big Ten the soccer, epicenter especially. of diversity, <laughs> though I will say, Al, like I know, well, I don't know, but I secondhand from you just like explaining to me, mm-hmm. you know, how challenging like your experience was just as a Penn State student, like, yeah. and, and I think almost every Penn State student of color agrees with you. I, I do want to say that you left such a I mean, you left an impact on our program in every, in every single way, but in this regard to like the initiatives and the infrastructure that followed, I wish it didn't happen after you left, but that followed your leaving. Like we started having conversations monthly, like we had round tables, we had Zoom calls when we were in quarantine and we were reading books together. Like the conversation continued yeah. to happen. And I don't think that that was something that was, present when you were there and that's that's not acceptable and that's not okay but I I do want to just say like you left such an important uh imprint on our program in that regard and and I think started such an important movement that from what I've heard has has carried on to this day well you were also important in carrying that on because the team like there's a thing right when Ellie graduated there was this like vacuum and so it was like it could have just stopped right but like the fact that you had the audacity to say up to like be like no like I'm a leader of this team and we're gonna exactly. continue this yeah it was like really important yeah and I think I mean it's hard to have these conversations when you don't have 
black players on your team? You know, part of that is, okay, like, where are we recruiting? What kind of people are we recruiting? Like, you know, like now there is increased diversity on the team. And I know it's something like I've had plenty of conversations with Anne and, and coach about, and like something that they are almost like too aware of, like they, they know, <laughs> yeah. and they take it, you know, they take it so personally and, and you know, that they are just so committed to like, to this, this aspect of the program and to just continuing to like foster these discussions, which I think is really unique to, to the Penn State program. I don't think many college soccer teams are sitting on their grass fields, like, you know, a couple times a month or whatever, whatever the cadence might be like talking about racism in, in either in soccer or in the country or what, in whatever capacity. So I would say though, that the league is definitely a lot more diverse than, than any college soccer, uh, any anything in college soccer that I experienced obviously like the big 10 like you are right in the midwest so like it's a whole lot of white um and for me I think you know a big part of of my of you know continuing to push myself in my own development um and understanding of these topics is like those wouldn't be things I necessarily like blink an eye at because I am in the majority and like but that's also not okay like I I need to be aware that like that this discrepancy in the women's game and just in soccer in general is not like, yeah, it may not impact me as a white person because all these other, you know, the Nebraska's and the Iowa's like, they're not exactly melting pots. Like, but, um, you know, we need to continue to, to push for diversity in the game. And, and, and even if we aren't surrounded by different players of color that like, we need to continue to have these conversations and, and, have this be something that we're aware of. So I think stepping into a league where it is so diverse, where the black women's player collective is a thing and we're having discussions and I've never experienced like such just like investment in this, um, yeah, in this, in this topic. Like, I just think it's, it's so cool to see women just across the league, like be so committed to, um, you know, furthering initiatives like that, like the black women's player collective and just continue to have these conversations and I think the league has a lot of unity in that regard too, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. You're stepping into a league that has such an activist current running through it by necessity. Like people have had to. But Sam, you've had a rookie year that also saw you called up to the national team, which is another layer that you've had to navigate. And, uh, you know, the night that you got your first cap became the 250th person ever to earn a cap for United States women's national team was also the night that they signed a very historic um, you know, collective bargaining agreement. What was it like to have a whirlwind of personal and professional successes at a moment where you're also seeing such a monumental kind of step forward for women's soccer in this country? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if there are necessarily the words to answer that one, but I, I actually, after the game, we had like an event uh, at um, this restaurant in DC and like there was just like women's soccer royalty there and like political figures, all these people. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, it was so cool. It was so cool. I'm like, am I here right now? I actually, though, after that went naturally to McDonald's with my parents to get some fries. <laughs> and I remember standing in line with my mom and it's like 2 a.m. in DC or something. And I'm like, did that just happen? And she's like, yep, it happened. And I was talking about the cab. I was talking about the CBA, like just what a pivotal moment that was obviously like in my own personal career, it was one of the best nights of my life, if not the best night of my life, like just such an incredible experience and an honor. And 
I mean, again, it's very cliche, but like just the culmination of a lifelong dream. Um, but from just like a holistic standpoint of women's soccer, like being on that field and, and watching them sign this document that quite literally like will change the trajectory of women's sports in general was surreal. Like, I mean, I remember, and Ellie, I'm sure you can agree too. Like there were days where I'm like, is this sustainable? Like, can I make a living off of this? Yeah. Like, is this, am I going to be supported? Am I going to, you know, like, can I, can I make a living doing what I love most? Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, like my parents and my, my, my brother specifically is just like typical brother, like such a pest and makes fun of, you know, me in every way he possibly can is always like, you know, like, just making fun of like our salaries and like, you know, like, are you going to get a real job? Like all this stuff. And he does it lovingly. He's not a sexist, but, um, and I'm like, well, I know we joke, but it's also like, it's true. Like, I don't know. And to now see like the money coming into the league and, you know, the increased salaries and just like the growth from a facility standpoint, from an investment standpoint, from a, um, from a viewership standpoint, like, I feel like I'm moocher. Like I'm coming in at this time where like, it's all getting so cool. And I'm like, I had nothing to do with this, but I'm reaping the benefits. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but I think just, just being there on that night and, you know, listening to Becky speak and um, other players, other members of the, the PA, I think it was so inspiring and, and solidified in me. Like now what my responsibility is to continue that fight. And though it was such a success, like that moment was such a win. We still do have so much more to go. And I think it's this constant cycle of like, this is amazing, but we're not there yet. And like, we, there's more to do. There's more to get done. Like we can hundred percent enjoy this and, and relish in it. Um, but it's not an arrival point. And I don't think there ever will be an arrival, an arrival point. Um, but now I owe it to the next generation to do what they just did for me. And that's to continue to fight. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and clearly that fight continues. And I think you guys are both primed to, to, you know, be on the front lines of that moving forward. So Sam, you just got back from abroad playoffs. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Very ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm just so excited. I think I, I actually had another interview earlier and they, they were asking about like, like, what's, what are you feeling in regard to Sunday? I'm like, these past few weeks have been really heavy for us as players across the league Mm -hmm. in women's sports. Like it's been heavy our trip to Europe was heavy. Like I'm just excited to play a soccer game just like with joy and to have fun with it. And I am geared up for battle and ready to hopefully beat San Diego with my teammates, I think. But I just like, I want us to have fun and to like enjoy and just play like a great soccer game. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to because like the more we can just like do our best to just leave all of the heaviness on the side for 90 minutes and just go out and do what we all do so great. It's going to be a great day. And I'm excited to, yeah, to compete and to hopefully get the dove and go to DC. Yeah. And move on. So when we're looking towards next season, what are your hopes and dreams for your personal and or professional growth and for your team? Right. And what do you think, what are you looking forward to as we're like approaching a little bit of a a moment to exhale after the whirlwind year that it's been? 
Well, right now I'm in off season. So that's been really nice. Just kind of trying to relax and let my body recuperate and, um, really just trying to take some downtime just to kind of be a human being. Cause I feel like we kind of forget sometimes that we're human beings when we're like, go, go, go train, sleep, wake up, train. Like it gets super interesting how like you forget that you're like a human. Um, <laughs> so that's been really great exploring in the off season. Um, and next year it's my utmost number one goal to not be in last place. That would be awesome. Um, you block the shield though you block the shield <laughs> we block the shield yep you a little uh, mad about that that? Best, that was our best performance yet uh but yeah I that couldn't even play I had to watch it I was like I know, I know Just yeah watching it mad I was like listen I knew you were so mad because when I flew to Portland to watch you both play and then you left to Mexico Ellie you have to know this this girl was like uh, so happy, all happy. By the way, you can't, you can root for L, but you cannot root for Gotham. And I was like, it's, I don't, I don't, they're, they're down like three goals. Like, I think it's fine. Yeah, I know. So, so competitive. Yeah, I think so. That's my number one goal for next year. Just doing all I can to like allow the team to flourish and do well. We definitely have a lot to work on, but like, I feel like as a team and I know like, after speaking with most of the girls after the season, like we're so invested to try and make Gotham the team that we want it to be and know it can be. Um, and yeah, I think like there are so many layers to that, but yeah, like we're really trying to do our best this off season just to come back and really show up how we wanted to show up this past season. Um, and then Personally, yeah, just continuing to learn and grow and see how good that I can get and see what opportunities open up. And yeah, of course, I, I want to see how to like be the best and continue to try and, you know, go for, you know, the top of everything. But yeah, I think I'm also at a point where I'm trying to, I'm trying to rethink like what success is for me and mm. like, it doesn't have to be playing 90 minutes. It doesn't have to be playing every game. Like what does success look like? What is a successful career look like for me? It doesn't necessarily have to be being on the national team or like, cause those things at the end of the day, like don't fill you don't fit like can't fill you can't possibly fill you. Like, of course it's something that you'd want to achieve, but like, I just think there's so much more to that. And then also like you half the time, like people don't end up achieving those things. So like, how can I base success just off enjoyment of the game, enjoying what I'm doing every day, enjoying the process, enjoy waking up and, you know, just knowing that I'm going to go out and play the game that I love. I think that's something that I've really been trying to do. And hopefully with that comes great opportunities and allows me to go out and play my best and influence the team and the game as much as I can in the ways that I want to. And I'm hoping like from there things will flourish for me, but yeah, I think like I've been lately really trying to switch my perspective of like how I'm defining success, how I'm defining a successful career. Um, mm. And that's been super fun actually. And it's given me a lot more joy and a lot less pressure. Um, mm. And 
like happiness. Like I can just be happy waking up and playing every day. I don't, I don't have to be miserable that I'm not on the national team for another, you know what I mean? Like, whereas in the past, those are things that I've like honed on so much. Whereas now it's like, okay, let's look at it from a different perspective. And like you 10 years ago, you would have been dying to be in this position that you're in right now. So like, be grateful that you're in this position right now and that you're being a professional athlete and you're getting to wake up and do this for a living. Whereas, um, before like that, that was one of the things that I wanted to do. That was one of the goals. So yeah, I think just like being grateful every day and continuing to try to push my own boundaries and challenge myself every day. Um, and yeah, it's been fun so far. So I think following in, like continuing to fall in love with the process is Mm. something that I'm really trying to continue to work on and master. Yeah. I love that. What she said. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. And I, yeah, I like, I have all the same sentiments as you. Um, I think like I struggle sometimes with goals because like, I think this year more than ever, like I have been so committed to just living like one day at a time. And it's been something that's really been so helpful for me because I think I'll look ahead. I'm like, oof, it's a long year and all this stuff. And when I look ahead, I'm like, you need to stop doing that. Like you need to live in the moment where your feet are, be grateful for today. And like, you will wake up tomorrow and like just one thing at a time. Um, but of course that doesn't stop me from like looking ahead and trying to, you know, um, aspire to continue to grow and develop. Like you said, L. I think from a team perspective, I, I, I think Portland for so many years has been, uh, like a pioneer in women's sports and women's soccer and really like a gold standard in my eyes. And I want to continue to contribute to that. I obviously want to win championships with this team. Hopefully that starts this year. Um, you know, we definitely do have a lot of growth to, uh, there's a lot of growth to be had off the field in terms of what is going on and the investigation and all this stuff. And so that is something that I really hope I can be a positive part of in whatever way that that looks. Um, Uh, But from a personal standpoint, like, again, I I echo everything you said, like, I think when I start to like succumb to the pressure of it Mm -hmm. or the, I have to go to practice or this thing, like these things, I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is your lifelong dream. Um, And you get to do it every single day and you get to play with people you love. And like, I just want to approach each day with, with, with a growth mindset, being a sponge and just like, just joy, like joy in playing, joy in being around the people I'm around, joy in learning, like there's going to be ups and downs. Um, You know, obviously like there's a world cup next year and I want with all of me to be there. And that is, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't my goal. Um, But from the national team perspective, like I want to do everything in my power to show up to every camp, regardless of whether or not I go and just help the team prepare and give my everything to that environment and to my environment here. And just, again, like, I think just constantly every day, one day at a time, like really just be the best version of myself that I can be and continue to get that doctorate because it's definitely hard and (laughs) there's a lot to learn. Um, But I just feel, I think this year has like exceeded all my expectations and it's been so fun and such an adventure. And I just, I, I think about hopefully all the joy that is to come and I feel so excited um, to be a part of that. It's so funny because I'm just remembering your first week in Portland when I saw you and you were like, 
I, I have like a lot of time on my hands though. Like we have like books to read. Like, can I do more? Like, like I just need to fill my plate. And I was like, girl, calm yeah, down. no, Amira was it's like, you need to busy. chill out. I, I was like, Amira, I want to go back to school. Like, give me, I like know. I need a master's program. I do feel like though you do have to go through because even in the Netherlands, like I, that was me at some point too. Like I was yes. like, I'm going crazy. And I was still in school trying to finish up anyway. So yes. that was great. But then like after I'd finished like that spring, I was like, what am I going to do all day? Yes. Well, I'm glad you told me to like chill out, Amira, too. Cause like, oh my gosh, I needed to chill out because it's definitely busier than I thought it was. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, it's such a joy to see you talk about joy. Like both of you on your, your personal journeys, your professional journeys, your faith journeys, your, your identity journeys. It has just been like a great joy of my personal career to have some small part in that for both of y'all and to like see you um, emerge into such amazing versions of yourself. Um, and you've always been that both of you have. Um, but there has been times where I've seen you not believe that you were the people that I always knew you were. And so it's just really great to see it and to see more people see it um, and to see it on the pitch and to see it on the sidelines and to see it in everything and everything that you do and how you carry yourselves is just a joy. So um, I didn't want to wait till like a cold day in State College where you guys like had a reunion and then maybe (sighs) next year you'll actually play each other. At the same it's time, in the same place, <laughs> and I will be there for that. Um, but I just um, thought, what better way to close out the NWSL season? Sammy still have some work to do. Hopefully, we close mm-hmm. out on a bang. Um, mm-hmm. But wrap it up with your first years in the league and what a topsy-turvy year it has been. But it also has been one full of joy because I've gotten to watch you caveat when paramount plus was not acting janky <laughs> and like i've discovered twitch that's my so. goal for next year yeah. <laughs> to make no it twitch. not janky what is happening um so yeah thank you for joining burn it all down and kick ass this weekend this will air after that so hopefully we'll be pulling for y'all in the finals um by the yes. time people hear this um and ellie enjoy your family and the sea and the sunshine even though you guys both just need to visit austin because it is warm and pleasant here so great things it's wonderful and not cold yeah but don't you miss the fall no i would i just was up notre dame and i saw the trees and they were great and now i'm not there mira misses (laughs) the state college winters oh yeah i'm i'm just wishing for that oh oh my god i just saw my house there i don't even have to worry about hiring anybody to come shovel my driveway like i'm just Mm. i'm done but i do i miss coach i miss ann i miss you know soccer nights there but i'll have to Mm. like find some students here whatever (laughs) That's it for this episode of Burn It All Down. This episode was produced by Tressa Versteg. Shelby Weldon, of course, is on our webs and socials. Burn It All Down is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Listen and subscribe. Rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts. For show links and transcripts, please check out our website, burnitalldownpod.com. You'll also find a link there to our merch at our bonfire store. Um, And thank you to our Patreons. You uh, continue to mean the world to us. If you want to become a donor to our show, visit patreon.com slash burn it all down. Burn on, but not out. And we'll see you next week, flamethrowers.